the word balloon. An air balloon that travels through time and relative dimensions in space. Wanted by collectors throughout the galaxy, the crew of the word balloon goes around learning the weirdest, dumbest, sometimes pervious things across comicdom. Beware for I'm not losing track of where this content warning is going. Basically, we're going to swear a lot and we sometimes talk about penises. You have been warned. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're Aeronauts and we're back with more Word Balloons. We've been flying higher in our own hot air, but, well, we've made it. Yay! We're here at the moon. <laughs> Which, once again, I can get us to the moon. You guys couldn't get us anyway, across an ocean. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not sure how hot air got us to the moon, to be honest with you, don't, but I guess here we are. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, editor and stowaway here. That's the stowaway, isn't I, it? I was it never oh, fails. Sorry, I was just changing the bulb in the planetarium, and I'm gonna have to take the blame on the getting to London thing. That one was my bad. It's okay. It's okay. We we got there eventually. We circled it a couple of times first. <laughs> I thought you wanted us to go around the other way. I'm sorry. It's my bad. Anyway, we're here. Unfortunately, our word balloons landing gear seems to be running off of the same software that most 90s educational, like, kids' PC games tended to. So I have to type at 93 words a minute? No. Maybe it's just disappointed in me? It's just like, this. we're, we're going to crash, and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> Unless we, first off, complete our knowledge base, and then do some, like, activities vaguely, like, correlating to the things that we did screw up. Okay. And there's no way to lose. Just like a really good kids' educational game. <laughs> good job. So first, let's fill in those knowledge gaps. Maybe we'll go over everything we talked about this season, though. Okay. What did we cover this season? Let's I'm see. already blanking. Okay. <laughs> this was your list. It was Gizmos, Gadgets, um, Doodads, and, and Ding Dongs. Gidgets, Gasmos. <laughs> yeah, we've come up with pretty much every variation of those. MacGuffins. Yeah, uh, there's the Hawk glider suit. This is my first mess up. It is the uh, high altitude wing kite. It is basically a squirrel suit, but created by S.H.I.E.L.D. And when I say squirrel suit, I don't mean Mario's like Tanuki outfit, but those wild paraglider things people put on and launch themselves off of the top of mountains <laughs> and make me very uncomfortable with the videos they record that I definitely like watching, though, of like, if you sneeze, you're gonna die. Yeah, what's the opposite of ASMR? Because <laughs> I get that with what, those videos. These have appeared a couple of times. The most notable thing about them is they first appeared during the Jim Steranko shield run. Jim Steranko is admittedly kind of a dick, but a really interesting and brilliant comic creator. He is credited along with Neil Adams, who actually just passed. Passed the day before we recorded this as kind of the first step of the next generation of comic creators in Marvel. Like, first we had, you know, Kirby and Ditko and Ramita and Steranko and Neil Adams kind of kicked down the door and were like, we're bringing pop art and realism to this and you can't stop us. He's super good. Uh, interestingly, Storenko is also the influence for the character Mr. Miracle from The New Gods, because before he had been a comic book artist, which he had no training, he just walked in and was like, Stan Lee, give me a job. He had been an escape artist. That's wild. Also a musician. 
And then, after he got tired of doing comic book art, he just decided to become a painter. And everyone's like, have you painted before? He's like, nope. And then he succeeded. Good for him. Yeah. He's got kind of weird in his old age, but, like, one of the most interesting men in the history of comic books. But he invented the hawk suit, important part of this, which, as I said, is basically a squirrel suit, except for some reason they keep letting Nick Fury get in one, and he'll just, at random, be like, alright, it's time to leave the helicarrier, instead of using, like, I don't know, a helicopter or anything sane, he's like, alright, let's just jump! Jump! <laughs> Jumping! I am the most important spy in the world, this'll be fine. Awesome. The plastimold. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I told you a little bit about this one, I think. I don't like this, but it makes me happy that you have to explain this. Oh my god. So the Plastimold... <laughs> we should start. Did I... I think it was Carmen Infantino, but I don't want to say for sure, because it, it was a, one of the head people at DC Comics was super duper racist. To the point that they weren't allowed to use black people for a long time. And when they finally started trying, pretty much after Marvel kicked down the door with like Joe Robertson and the Daily Bugle and Black Panther and all these, most of their early attempts were very bad to deal with race and racism. The Plastimold was a story from, I believe, Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane. I know it's a Lois Lane story, but I don't mm -hmm. know if it was her solo series. Where Lois Lane enters into the Plastimold and is turned into a black woman for a day. In this time, she meets a racist black man. He gets, I want to say shot, but he gets injured and needs a blood transfusion and she gives it to him and teaches him not to be racist because her blood saved him. Completely missing the point of who needed to learn the damn lessons about racism There's a lot in of problems here. Holy fuck. Yes, it is worse than the time that the Punisher became a black man. That was just through plastic surgery and because too many people were trying to kill him. Also, we're just going to breeze past the lack of consent given by this person who's just like, has their choices about what they want their health professionals I to I don't give think it was really like, one of those, like, he was unconscious and was going to die if he didn't get a blood transfusion and well, I don't know. someone saved fucking, him but like I don't know enough about bad. medical stuff to be like know what the rule is on that one but yeah oddly it is not the most problematic race relations story that DC had at that time it's in the top three <laughs> but there is a legion of superheroes character whose name I can't think of off the top of my head because they decided they were going to introduce a black character, but they couldn't even put black people in the backgrounds. Like, they had them recolored. Oh. It was super problematic. No. And this, his name is like Talk, something Talk or something like that. I wish I remember, but I can't think off the top of my head. And he comes from a magical island where all the black people went to this magical island so they could live apart from the rest of the world. And you know what? Like, there is a line of thought that the African-American community has put forward about, we just want to go live on our own goddamn place and not have to deal with you people. And you know what? That's fair enough. But when white people like, decide them that all, all over the there. black people are going to go to a magical island that only interacts with our country once every thousand years or something like that. It might be a century, but either way. Ugh. Oof, uh, and Oof. it was so bad, and it was editorial editorially mandated that the artist and writer purposely made this character terrible, so they wouldn't have to use him again. 
and he was largely untouched until the new 52 reboot, where they used him and just didn't really talk about the magical island part. And then the final one is, before Black Lightning was created, it was a character named the Black Bomber that was supposed to be the first Black DC character. Mm. And his secret, I mean, one, he's just called the Black Bomber, so already there's some risk. And then it was secretly supposed to be that he was just super racist. Oh, wow. And I'm not clear if he was racist against other black people or racist against white people, but Tony Isabella, who actually came up in our new Byland episode quite a bit last record our, our first Johnny Blaze one, but um he created Black Lightning was like, I'm not I'm not doing this. You you paid me to hire me to do this. I'll make you your character, but not that one. That's racism with DC Comics. I will say it was Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane that it, the Plastimal appeared in. It's actually supposed to be a pretty fun series, but there there were some missteps. I mean, it Wait. makes more sense for them to do that storyline in an offside story arc for Superman rather than the main line it's Superman. Wild to me though, just as a side note, that Superman was so popular back then that not only did Superman have his own series, and I think too because he had action comics as well. Plus the the team up that he had with Batman all the time. Mm -hmm. There was Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane and Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Both had their ongoing solo standalone titles that lasted for a long time. I was about to say the Plastimold appears in Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane number one oh six. Holy fuck! That is almost ten years into the series. Out of curiosity, and I I don't know I don't expect you to know this, but. Uh, what was like the the frequency for Superman to show up in those side series? Yeah, not as much as you would think, but like like a pop in. It was maybe. a thing, yeah. Interesting. What's fucking wild? The new gods, Dark Side, uh -huh. like the 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 big bad mm -hmm. of first appeared in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Yes, wow. because when Jack Kirby got hired to DC Comics. They were like, you can have any book you want. We'll kick anyone off. And he's like, don't do that. What's wrong with you? Like, give me your worst selling book. I'll save it. And he fucking did. And got Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen out of it. Did they have to fire someone? Well, I, I have no that. idea. I mean, it was not a well selling book. So I think it was one of those like, good job, bud. Go do something else. <laughs> I mean, that would be very fun to do is just take the worst selling book and get weird with it and try and sell it into something good. The Lawgiver. The Lawgiver is Judge Dredd's gun. Yep. I mean, there's a lot more to it. That I'm just going to read off some of the wild things it can do because, well, two things. One, Judge Dredd is super over the top. And two, Judge Dredd is super tongue-in-cheek. And that is the thing to remember that I think a lot of people don't realize when they're like, it's time for Judge Dredd. It's going to be like hardcore and edgy and it is but it's very tongue-in-cheek edgy it's being done with a purpose yes it's aware that it's goofy pastiche i think i that's what was missing for me in the in dread a little bit dread What's is significantly missing? better than judge dread though yes what yes. dread was missing for me is a sequel yes no i remember <laughs> yeah. really loving uh dread when i first saw it and just how fucking cool the visuals for. I rewatched it recently, it didn't hold up for me. Hmm. That's fair. It is. Uh, especially because uh, I probably watched it way too recently and just it was like, oh, this is very much just a lot of police brutality and like, I know it's supposed to be satirical, but I'm missing that kind of tongue-in-cheek element here. It feels like it's playing too much to like, this is badass, which it is. It is. And that's kind of the problem with a lot of those kind of pastiches, because they're like, fuck, that's cool. And like, yeah. Forgot the next part. Like, yeah. Uh, like the whole, on, the, on the ball, fucking Dread is cool as fuck. It is rad as shit. Carl Urban kills it in that movie. Oh like, I amazing. Yes. And then like fucking, um, is it Lena Hetty? Is yes. That? Is that Lena as Mama. Yeah. Um, and then plus 
the fucking lawgiver and that is super fucking cool mm-hmm. but yeah it's just like I couldn't hang with some of the guys like oh yeah yeah uh, cops just like murdering that rampage so the thing about the lawgiver is you can switch to various different bullet types I'm going to read just a couple of them here and I do not know this off the top of my head I have not read much Judge Dredd in my life oddly uh, none myself uh, a fair bit, actually. But nice. General purpose, aka a standard lead bullet. Armor piercing, fucking armor piercing bullet. Rubber ricochet bullets. They are rubber bullets, not designed for like the theoretical rubber bullets that you know real cops shoot. That are not as harmless as they sound, by the way. These are so you can shoot the wall and it will bounce around the corner and hit somebody. Dope. I like Fun. that. <laughs> Incendiary bullets. It's fucking fire bullets. The grenade, the high explosive, which is like a grenade, but instead of being like a frag thing, oh, yeah, it's, it's just like, an explosion. Mm-hmm. The heat seeker, which I feel like would replace any need for a rubber ricochet bullet because it just is a heat seeker. It's just going to go around the corner. What if you need to shoot something that's not hot? What if you just need to look cool as fuck, I think is the real answer there. Well, what if I, for some reason, need to shoot something around the corner that isn't a lot? <laughs> um, Maybe there's a fucking junction box that, around the corner that I need to shoot to turn out the lights so that I can uh, then fucking so take like, everybody out in the bounce. dark. <laughs> and then he later gets the Mark II Lawgiver, which has the UHF transceiver. Or, oh, hold on, those are just different. It has a transceiver, armor casing, target acquisition sensor, palm scanner, which means only he can use it, and if anyone else tries to use it, it will explode, taking their hand with them, if not just them with them. Gun sight through tar- barrel targeting, which I believe means he just sees what yeah. the gun is pointed at through saying, his visor? Yeah, I think his, his heads-up display basically gives him crosshairs at whatever the barrel is pointed at. That's uh, right. Which actually, in lore... And, like, in canon, Master Chief's armor does the same thing in Halo. Oh, interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then this also has, includes <clears throat> the uh, gas rounds and the exorcism rounds, which instead of heat seekers, you can load it with basically Hellboy's exorcism bullet from the yeah. first Hellboy movie. Because fucking ghosts are a thing <laughs> in Judge Dredd. <laughs> the undead judges or whatever they are, yeah. and it's just... Judge Dread looking motherfuckers, but with like skulls. They're so metal looking. <laughs> this is fucking so cool. metal I, I looking. I should really fucking read some of this. The thing to remember is most British comics come in not as thick of a thing, but in like a collection of weekly comics where it's like, here's a Judge Dread mini story or like part of one, and here's this and this and this. Yeah. So you get like five to ten pages a week instead of 25. Uh, a month or 22 mm-hmm. or 8 or whatever the fucking number it keeps kind of it keeps changing how like yeah. Shonen Monthly's come out right yes I, like, a lot like I understand a that. lot like Shonen Jump is actually a really good example but that means that they're chugging out content so fast especially something like 2000 AD so you are getting so much shit and if it's something like Judge Dredd that's been in pretty much every issue of 2000 AD since it came out in the 80s early yeah, 90s I can't remember which issue it starts in I know it's not in the first one because I have read a lot of the very early 2000 AD but uh, I mean it, it comes in real early mm-hmm. on and it, it became their dominant story. Also, there's a lot of really good stories in those early 2000s. <sighs> there's a lot of... 2080 is one of the best comics mm-hmm. things out there, but it means that they've had to come up with some really wild fucking stories to keep up. Out of curiosity, do you, either of you know how uh, accurate the movies are to the... Like, I obviously imagine there's a lot of changes and liberties taken, but like... The first one with Stallone is not. Not at all. Although, interestingly, Judge Dredd was always visually based off of Stallone. 
Really? That's mm-hmm. why he's got the the face at all times because it's Stallone. But and everyone was super excited, and then he took his helmet off, and everyone's like, "We're done." Nope. Oh, those blue contacts. Uh, I mean, to the point. I am the law. And are... Rob Schneider in a spaghetti monster uh, robot. Oh, Jesus Christ! I haven't watched that movie in like Armand years. Armand <laughs> uh, But I mean, there's pictures of Judge Dredd taking a bath, and he's got like the little yellow rubber ducky and everything, and his fucking helmet on still. Dread does not take the helmet off. I want to say there is one issue, 2000 AD, where he takes it off and they do, they make sure not to show the face. Mm-hmm. They don't even, it's like, you see to the neck. Like like a gag <laughs> of like, he takes off the helmet and there's a second helmet. It's kind of like, <laughs> uh, and then like duct tape mask underneath the, that. The, the first season of Mando where we'll see him take his helmet off a couple of times, but they're always very careful to like, not let you see shit. It, you're seeing like a frame of a table where you're, the helmet gets set down so you know it's off his head, but you can only ever see just the helmet. We will not let you look at Pedro Pascal's gorgeous face. No, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, basically what we're getting at is Judge Dredd is never nude. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could see him <laughs> having jean short cutoffs at all times. Cool. Lawgiver. Then you got the Mask of Shadows. Mm-hmm. You got the H-Dial. I got the H-Dial. You got the Pen of Jakeem Thunder. Muramasa Blade. We got a half. Because I had, like, the important things that happened with it. I didn't have the really stupid origin. (laughs) I mean, it's metal as fuck, but it's also, like... Really fucking stupid origin. (laughs) Really, man? I also had questions, too, so, like, I want to know if you answered my questions. The Muramasa Blade is created by a madman known as Muramasa. Wait, it says madman? He's supposed to be just crazy. I mean... An immortal madman and legendary and feared swordsmith. Did he become a... Mad before or after becoming a swordsmith? Based off the sword he made, I'm going to say before. Okay, cool. So, we mentioned at the time that there was a character named Romulus, who is a wannabe Wolverine who has been manipulating Wolverine's life forever. They tried really hard to make him a thing. The only thing worth it that came out of it was Dakin. But one of the times that Wolverine broke away from Romulus, he got a wife... And in revenge of him, Wolverine, breaking away and him wanting to fuck with Wolverine, he hires the Winter Soldier, who at this time is still a Russian assassin and not aware that he is Bucky Barnes, to go shoot Wolverine's wife. But it is still Bucky Barnes, but just doesn't yes, know. Yes, but it's we before Bucky was, like, freed from the Winter Soldier program uh, and is, you know, mindless assassin. Gotcha, the distinction being he is not in control and therefore... yes. He is full-on Winter Soldier. He this is, is not the James. programming yes. being uh, ran through a human body. That happens to be James. Pissed off about all of this, Wolverine, or I guess Logan, oh, she's also pregnant with their son, and Wolverine thinks that the son is dead. Romulus pulls it out of the... I think Romulus pulls it out of the wife's body, and that ends up being taken. Raises taken. But Wolverine goes to Muramasa, and he's like, I will make the blade from you. And he makes the blade out of Wolverine's blood and rage. Well, that sounds metal as fuck. See? (laughs) But what does that mean? But as someone who has watched eight seasons of Forged in Fire, I have a lot of questions about how this one rolls. Like, does that mean, like, the iron in his blood? Like, he's just like, that'd be so, even for Wolverine, that would be so much blood. But he does have the regenerative ability. Yeah, I know, but that's still, like, so much blood. 
Plus, he, I imagine it would take so much time just in general. Exactly. He'd have, he'd have to go eat shit to get blood back in. Like, or like, is it like... don't naturally produce iron. I'm going to get, like, a full person's worth of blood, and when it's time to quench the sword, I'm going to quench it in blood? Would that work? I don't actually know. How does he put rage in there? I don't know. It does say the forging process took years. So maybe they're just beating the shit out of Wolverine? <laughs> And using the blood from his beatings. Also, it does make the timeline for Wolverine even worse than it already was. I mean, beyond just the whole Romulus thing didn't work, but like, so this is post-World War II. We know that for sure because Bucky Barnes. Is this before he was in Team X? Is this after he was in Team X? Was he, like, taking breaks from Team X to go get the Muramasa Blade? That one. Created? That one's probably it. It's just like, <laughs> on vacation, see you later, Sabretooth. Right. I gotta go uh, give some blood. That would probably be the most confusing and hardest to explain, so I'm guessing that. Is this before or after Sabretooth killed his other kind of wife, the Silver Fox? Both. Uh, I mean, mm, Time travel. Uh, the important thing about the Muramasa Blade is it can't kill anybody. Anybody. Among other things, he kills a clone of Sabretooth, Omega Red, Romulus. Kind um, of kills Dakin? I don't fully understand how that part went yeah, down. Yeah, I don't know how that... I know he... I don't think he kills him, but I know he injures Scar with it. Scar being the son of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need more about... Need to know more about Scar eventually. I've got the original series. He is the product of... Um, uh, uh, during World War Hulk, or just before, during Plant Hulk, Hulk marries... And it's Hulk, not Bruce Banner. Hulk marries a alien warrior woman. She gets killed while pregnant with his child because this is a Marvel mainstay and Scar is born from this and aged quickly thanks to weird alien woman powers. They love doing that. Oh fuck, they do it a lot. Because they don't want to age their characters up too much, but they do want to have teenage versions of their characters because it's a lot easier for the teen to stay at home for a little while if they need to than the baby. I mean, it's not just that. It's also like, you're my dad and you fucked me up. Yeah. But variations of like, there's only so much you can do with a baby. But if you age him up to cable age, it's fucking great. Although, you could mentally age him up and still have a baby. That'd be a fun shenanigan. Yeah, that's fun too. One of my favorite little things with the Marvelosa Blade, and it kind of makes sense, but it's also really fucking dumb. (laughs) Is that like... (laughs) So it kind of negates healing factors, right? So you cut Wolvie with it and that that wound isn't going to close. He's like, fuck, ow. And he's like, ow, what, what the shit? He can it, get it, he, you can get it to reclose by taking a different knife and cutting the edges of that cut so that they haven't been cut by the Muramasa blade and then it'll regrow back together. Also, there have been multiple Muramasa <laughs> blades created because there's also okay. like the yeah, dark there, There's the black blade, which was That's the first it. one. The second one was the one that was made by with Wolverine. Wolverine's. Oh. Soul. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. I have questions. What the fuck? Are you telling me if you cut someone's head off who has a healing factor with um, uh, the Maramasa blade, you cut their head clear off, and you take their neck on both ends, and you deli shave it off, and you sandwich it back together, this person's probably going to live? Depends on the strength or healing factor, but yes. Deadpool, yes. Deadpool, for sure, yes. Uh, Let's say, like, Wolverine. Depends on the author, but mostly yes. The thing to remember about Wolverine's healing power is that for a large part of his career, it was significantly weaker. In the Dark Phoenix Saga, he gets shot with one bullet and is out for, like, at least the rest of the issue Mm -hmm. because of one bullet. It wasn't until the 90s after Magneto ripped his healing factor, or not his healing, the metal adamantium off of the skeleton, skeleton, that his healing factor kicked into overdrive. Yeah, they reveal that adamantium is basically slowly poisoning poisoning him him the entire time, so his healing factor is always counteracting. 
expecting that. You mean having a fucking massive amount of a weird fucking experimental metal inside your body is giving you slowly metal poisoning throughout your entire life? Who is also because of your eternal, your aging factor being wild, going to be long term? Yeah, but when he got the metal back because people got tired of the bone claws, which I don't know, I liked the bone I like claws. I like the bone claws. Um, kind of, but why not just just the claws? Did he get a full metal back? He got all the metal mm-hmm. back. X-23 originally only had the metal in the claws until there was a recent mess up in the writing. Uh, the uh, the guy who was writing X-Men recently didn't realize this. Oh. So suddenly she had full metal as part of like the storyline. And instead of being like, whoops, let's never talk about that again. They've just rolled with it? They've retconned it. Not retconned it. They've explained it. The the five, the people who regen people on Krakoa, keep a oh, bit adamantium. of molten adamantium. So the people who should have adamantium when they're reborn, get the adamantium again. Okay. Which is weird and has my own questions about it. But Where are they getting their adamantium? That's my question about it. But Proteus, one of the five, and uh, uh, what's her name's son? Um, um, Moira. Moira McTaggart's son, wasn't paying attention and oh, was and like, she... okay, I gave her her, her metal bones back. And they're like, what? He's like, oh, shit. I, can we just call this one my bad? So Laura, <laughs> so Laura now has full metal skeleton. I... But that also means that she's now like 350 pounds. Oh, yeah. She's a big girl. Because that mantium's heavy. I love that they retconned <laughs> in fiction. Within, like, three months. Like, they got on that shit. <laughs> With the same, basically, like, somewhat oopsie. <laughs> it was like, well, it, it works in fiction. Materia Opticon, you got once you knew its other name. The Dreamstone. The only thing you didn't know was that it was named the Materia Opticon. Yes, because that's a dumb name. Yes. Breathing gun you got. The uh, Demon Hellstrom's demon killing gun. And then, I don't know how we're counting this, because I knew it was too hard of a mode, which is why I had a backup immediately on hand because <laughs> Shanhara you're you were never gonna get I knew that but as Exo Manowar armor it is easy, Too easy. Mode. yes no it's act- it was actually really I'm still gonna call it as a fail okay but uh it was a good one and it wasn't one I was even that mad about like it was just <laughs> so Shanhara so let's start with Exo Manowar real fast we're gonna go through Exo Manowar is theoretically the number one name in Valiant's stable, uh, Valiant Comics, and for whatever reason, when you mention Valiant, everyone's like, Exo Manowar, yeah, and I'm like, he's the second least interesting character in their entire thing. It's so cool. Bloodshot's worse, but... I've only seen the Vin Diesel Bloodshot. Well, that kind of sums up Bloodshot. Is it basically the same thing? He's got, like, nanites? He's got nanites in his blood, he's nanite punisher. Can't take you anywhere. Nope. But Exo Manowar is basically, what if a Viking got the Iron Man armor? From aliens. And that's a wildly offensive way of putting it because he's not Viking, but it, he's a, a Celt. He is Eric of Dacia, who was a Celt fighting the Romans when he got kidnapped by aliens in the original Valiant series back in the 90s. They were just called the Spider Aliens. They were never really given a thing. Mm-hmm. The modern version, they are a race known as the Vine, who might be kind of plant-based. It's not entirely clear. But the the whole shtick of it is time travel happens differently because they were traveling at the speed of light, as Einstein's theory said. Mm -hmm. So Eric spends possibly up to a couple of years as a slave of the vine before escaping, but when he gets back to Earth, like, 2,000 years has passed. So he is in the modern day, but he's still a fucking Celt, and he has this fucking space armor. It's also... Not a very interesting armor, but whatever. There's better space armors, but yes. it's also not bad. The, it's if it doesn't have some sort of AI in it, then it does. I can... Uh, Shanhara. Oh, sweet. 
Uh, I want like a buddy cop uh, series version. Not of, as good as that. Or an odd couple um, uh, kind of uh, comedy set. Uh, no, see, I would be super into that. It's a lot of fish out of water stuff. I'm angry. Nothing mm-hmm. has gone my way. And he's right. Why can't I just stab this problem to death? Eric of Dacia has not had a good day since about 50 ADE, but or CE, I guess. But the Shanhara armor is a armor from the vine that is so old it has been lost into legend. They don't actually seem to really know the origin and is uh, reputed to have saved their species in the past. However, not just anyone can wear it. So the first time you see it, uh, a vine member goes to put it on and be the fucking cool exo man of war, and instead... It eats him. Sucks up all his blood and his bones and shit. Mm-hmm. Eric takes it to escape. Turns out he can use it. Escapes. Saves a bunch of other... Uh, Celts. Celts. And sets up a new Celtic country in Europe and is like, fuck you, try and stop me. And causes a lot of international incidents. Oddly, the best known place, like the like biggest scale place, is an old PS1 game yep. called Exo Manowar Iron Man Heavy Metal, which I forgot about until today when I was looking this shit up. <laughs> and it is a PS1 side scroll punch em up like Double Dragon, Damn. except instead of Double Dragon, you have the Exo Manowar and Iron Man. And instead of being a classic game that we still talk about today, it was almost unplayable horseshit. Wait, like Marvel's Iron Man? Yes. Yes. Fuck yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> it's supposed to be extremely bad. I was looking over the reviews. The highest was like 4 out of 10. Oof. Uh, <laughs> Most of them were like 3, 3.5 out of 10. Like, it's so also not the worst. Yeah, but like, not everything can be Custer's Revenge. Oof. And then, so the replacement to the Exo was the McCran Crystal, Crystal, which, which I is like got a half. enough. Yeah. I forgot to look that one up, but it's the Shyar fucking Holy Crystal, the warp space. I can't even remember what you forgot. I, I know we called it a half, but you basically got everything it's that a, it's matters a, about it. Marvel it bird alien creature, or not creature creature crystal that warps space and time hooray also it has something to do with the phoenix but i'm not 100 percent sure how oh i think the thing that you missed is that it is not it has not been confirmed but it is potentially the center of the multiverse and it is theorized that if it were to be destroyed it would end the multiverse and that that is possibly how the last multiverse ended (laughs) i'm confused by what do you mean by the center of the multiverse it exists in all of the multiverse at one time. Oh. Like, it, there's only one McCran crystal, and it exists in every, in, spot in every bit of the multiverse. All they all bleed into it. Oh, that's cool. Which is how it's also kind of used as a nexus, which is something you brought up the last time. Mm-hmm. Like, you can get to other, nice. like from Earth 616 to Earth fucking you 1210. Hold on to it one yeah. way, you turn it another, you slip into a different reality. That makes sense. I don't think it's ever been confirmed as that, but yes. Yeah, uh, no, it has not been confirmed as that, but it's it kind of like cool. how it's talked about and theorized how it works, and they decide not to, like, you don't want to destroy it just in case. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whoopsie doodle, so... But hey, it, I mean, it's theorized that it's how the last multiverse ended, so maybe there'll be another one after it. Mm. Break an egg, go buy another. <laughs> oh, yeah. Should the crystal stasis fields be destroyed, the gravitational forces would extend into the universe, drawing all of it into a black hole, causing the universe to collapse. Yeah, that's not great. And every million years, it opens up and blah, 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 was probably used in one storyline, maybe two. Shit happens and, you know, like star jammers and shit have to show up, so... 
Sweet. So that was that. That's all for the redemptions, right? I think so. Did we mention H style? I got the H style. You got the yeah. H style. So now we're being forced to do shit. <laughs> Quick note: We don't really have to do shit at this point. Batman's not really wanting us to send the codes to where the base really is. We know where they are. We just don't want to send it in. Like start an incident with the Justice League. They take it personal. Yeah, especially bats. Hmm. And I do not want to be on his bad side. Please. He fucks bats, you know. <laughs> And I hear he goes down. He better. <clears throat> I'm not singing this time, but like last time, we have to fix the radio first. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> the possibly most well-known version of the song Fly Me to the Moon, as we have been doing, uh, was recorded by Frank Sinatra in 1964 and is possibly the most well-known because of its association with the Apollo missions. However, the 60s were a big decade for that song, as Peggy Lee had already re- released a version in 1960, and later on in 1968, Bobby Womack would actually chart onto the billboards with it. That was also the year where the title of the song was a officially changed to Fly Me to the Moon as the song was originally titled in other words and was composed oh, by the moon is better. and was composed by Bart Howard in 1954. Now between the time of 1954 to 1964 over a hundred versions had been recorded. Jesus Christ. I know Michael Bublé did that really bad version he did. Yeah, that's the boobs for you. But in honor of the 60s being such a big decade for the song. We have a hit from the 60s for each one of the gadgets that you had to talk about this week and you get to match them up this, is this week, all, this time. Is it all gadgets or just my fails? Uh, all the gadgets except okay. for the Shanhara. Okay. We're going McCran Crystal in its place. So I hope you guys remember. I will give you all of the songs. You get to match them too. Yep. Uh, I Will Follow Him by Little Peggy March. This Diamond Ring by Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Will the person matter at all or is it just no i'm just reading it out okay cool i just i'm writing all this down and i'm a slow writer the letter by the box tops well that's the pen (laughs) i was gonna guess the h dial oh that'd be good too way down yonder in new orleans by freddie canyon that's the fucking mask oh yeah mask shadows Mm -hmm. dear lady twist by gary u.s bonds the share cover of bang bang my baby shot me down here comes the judge by Shorty Long. Damn it, now I'm questioning myself. <laughs> that one's definitely the lawgiver. Yeah, the other is the breathing gun. Spinning Wheel by Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Ooh, that one could be the HTL too. Please Help Me, I'm Falling by Hank Lachlan. You know, this uh, is much less mean than like some of your past ones, although I'm going to be mad with some if I get some of these wrong. It says, Please Help Me, I'm Falling? Yeah. It, that one's probably the hot glider, right? Yeah. And Bits and Pieces by the Dave Clark Five. Okay. When you lock in your answers, let me know. I'll let you know if you got it right. Yep. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go through a couple of these that I'm pretty sure I know down. Uh, Way Down Yonder, New Orleans is going to be the Mask of Shadows. Yes. Uh, This Diamond Ring, I assume the McCran Crystal. The same. Please Help Me, I'm Falling is the Hawk Suit. Yes. Part of the reason that one was so good is I was so sure it was the fucking Hawkman rig. Like, his <laughs> like I was, I was sure Same. it was going to be Thanagarian, and then it's fucking Nick Fury. Yeah, jumping uh, out of planes. <laughs> here comes the judge, the lawgiver. Yeah, and then the uh, uh, baby uh, shot me down is uh, breathing gun. Breathing gun. Uh, spinning wheels, the H dial because it's an old rotary phone. That's my guess. That leaves Dear Lady Twist, The Letter, and I Will Follow Him. In bits and pieces. In bits and pieces. Oh, for The Letter, that's the pen of Jakeem Thunder. Yeah, that makes sense. So I will... F- what do we have left? What, what, uh, I'm blanking my... You have yet to do the Materiopticon, the Plastimold, and the Muramasa Blade. Dear Lady Twist is the Plastimold. Yes. 
That's for sure, because they're supposed to turn into plastic and twist it into and then bits and pieces. I'm going to say the Muramasa blade because cuts them up into bits and pieces, and they don't hire or heal right. I mean, that's his... also cuts off Sabretooth's fucking head. Only and... good thing about that. <laughs> uh... Plus, it's made of bits and pieces of Wolverine. Maybe that leads. I will follow him to the Materiopticon, the Dream Stone. So I guess I will follow Dream. I don't know. I don't have that one. Yeah, that one. I... <laughs> so since I, you don't have to like confirm to lock in the answers you've gotten every single one of these right yeah <laughs> i will follow him because of the story 24 hours oh god damn it okay that's good dr destiny controls a diner for 24 hours which yeah. uh, you've talked about before. Ooh. Sounds, sounds terrifying. <laughs> oh yeah it is rough <laughs> good though you guys knocked that out of the park. <laughs> I was looking ahead to our next series of tasks for the Plasta Mold. I don't know when the manual for this word balloon was written, but the best ones require doctorates that we do not have. <laughs> and the worst workarounds... Any doctorate. <laughs> considering they involve the Plasta Mold, let's just call them unfortunate. <laughs> I think we can get around this by shunting in the extra information that Zach has brought today. Okay. Because I know he has a list of items that he thought I was going to list for this. Not necessarily that you were going to pick. These were just kind of my best guesses. Like, if I had to do this, these are the ones that I would do. Did you get any off of... Uh, one. You, you got one. Okay, interesting. The H dial. Okay, okay. It is, like, one of the biggest MacGuffins in the DC universe, but it's one that you have to, like, be in the weeds a little bit to know. I only know the the New 52 story arc where it became a horror story. But, like, that's um, kind of my point. Like, it's a big name. They, were, they announced they were doing Dial H, and everyone was like, yeah, that makes sense. But it's not like the fucking Green Lantern ring. So... First one, and this is one I really thought that you were going to have for me, Tyler. Wait, I want to have, I want to take at least three guesses at your list. See if I can guess any of the ones that you wrote down. Sure, just toss out some three names. The Nova Bands? No. The Quantum Bands. Or, yeah, yeah, that's what I, Quantum Bands, that's what I was getting at, sorry. No, but I should have because I have so many fucking Jack Kirby items on this list. Um... Nor uh, is the Nova Helmet. I'll give you two for the one for that one. The Mobius Chair. Yes, Real quick, what is the Mobius chair? It's, oh god, what's the name of the dude? The Metron. Metron. It's New God stuff. New God stuff. I don't know all the details uh, on it because it's New God Mobius, stuff and I don't care it's about It's a bitch and flying chair. Yeah. Yes, basically it is a chair that Metron, who is the god of knowledge, uses to travel through space and time. If you don't like the New Gods, this is not a great list for you, my guy. Um, um, and then I'm also going to guess um, a Legion flight ring. Motherbox, yes. Legion flight ring, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, mother, do you want to take a stab at what the mother box is? Um, a mother box is a sentient computer that uh, is from, uh, um, not Dark Side. What's New the, Genesis. New Genesis. That is basically like a fucking... It is a sentient computer used by the new gods to, among other things, open up a boom tube, which is how they transport themselves through space and time. Translates um, and does a bunch of other shit. Does that, and it can also, uh, the one that is an Orion, who is the son of Darkseid, raised by High Father of New Genesis, has a soothing ping noise that, like, keeps him from fucking going feral all the goddamn time. Uh, yeah, they just started touching on this in the new ju uh, newest Young Justice, and mm -hmm. it's yeah. fucking cool as shit. The new gods are pretty cool. They're just fucking weird 70s sci-fi bullshit. I don't know if I have any more guesses. That was just kind of... Okay. I have a couple that I know you'll know, and I have one that for some reason I thought... Oh. New Genosphere. No. Damn. Although the super cycle would have been a great fucking choice. So, 
First one, and for some reason I thought you'd have this because Grant Morrison uses it a lot, the Warlagog. <laughs> no, didn't even think about it. The Warlagog, which I thought was a Grant Morrison creation but turns out to be a Jack Kirby creation, not my fault on that one, <laughs> is a fourth dimensional map of reality. Mm. So it also covers space and time and all sorts of weird shit. Yeah, it makes we have a, one of those, don't we? Yeah, I'm sure okay. in the back. It makes a weird twisty shape. It's next to the time sphere. Which is appropriate because Metron, after he finished training the robot Hour Man, gave it to him to keep. And that was like his big thing for a while. He mm. was the guardian of the Warlagog. I just like saying Warlagog if we're being entirely honest. I mean, no, that's no. absolutely fair. When you first mentioned it, I for some reason imagined like a lizard person on a on like a swamp helicopter. I like it. It kind of looks like a postmodern sculpture or like, yeah, postmodern sculpture where it's just like weird twisty shape. The Emerald Eye of Ekron. No. The Emerald Eye of Ekron is a basically prototype Green Lantern ring. It's an eye. It's an actual eyeball that is used by, I think her name is Emerald Empress. She's a Legion of Superheroes villain. And she's got a, a big floating green eye that hangs out with her that like shoots lasers and shit out of it. And it turns out it can actually do much more. She's just not very imaginative. And it basically has the same abilities of a Green Lantern ring. It belonged to a Green Lantern named Ekron who might have been a god? Like, that part is a little unclear. Okay. The Miracle Machine. I did not expect you to know this one. There's a couple, but... Eh. Yeah, no. Sounds very New Genesis, something that the um, uh, Mr. Miracle has, if I had Not guess. originally, but it did get tied into New Genesis later. It is a thing, again, from the Legion of Superheroes that they were gifted after stopping some... Yeah. And literally, if you wish, it will happen. But they have to keep it away from people, uh, sealed in... It's called Inatron, but it's basically cement. Okay. Sounds because dangerous. whatever you wish will happen instantaneously. So if an angsty fucking teenager, which is most of the Legion of Superheroes, goes, I wish I was dead. Bam. Fucking happens. Darkseid at one point it describes it as the cargo cult equivalent of a mother box, but I don't fully know what that means. I'm just imagining the wish cannon thing from Adventure Time where Jake's trying to uh, imagine blasting a hole in the ground to get rid of it, but he uh, just keeps accidentally thinking of a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's what would happen with me in this. was like, I'm going to wish for this. And I was like, ah, oh, just a giant sandwich. Well, this is, solves my problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the other thing anymore. This is the other big shot. The seventh Infinity Gem. Oof, no. Because there's time, space, uh, mind, uh, mind soul power power and one that i'm blanking reality reality thank you this one is ego and is sentient but it is not ego the living planet this comes from after marvel bought malibu comics and their mm. ultraverse line they started injecting some marvel stuff into it in hopes of boosting sales and having two comic book universes to play with one of these was the introduction of the fact that there is a seventh infinity gem aka ego that takes place in the ultraverse the most 90s name for a comic book company. What What does this seventh Infinity Stone do? Becomes sentient at one point and becomes a problem. Um, yeah. Makes itself everybody's problem is really the main thing. It's it actually pretty egotistical. Does yeah. it really work because the Infinity Gems aren't supposed to work outside of the universe that they come from? Right. But they just didn't fucking... I don't know if that just got retconned in later or if they just didn't fucking bother with it, but it was a... They bought Ultraverse not terribly long after Infinity Gauntlet came out, so they were playing heavily with it. Okay. You will know this next one. The Necrosword. Oh, yeah. The Necrosword uh, created by Null, the god of the symbiotes, most notably used by Gorn.
for the God Slayer to go and fuck up all the gods across the universe. Which we will probably see <laughs> in the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder because Christian Bale is playing Gore. Have you seen his gore? No. Not sure if I like how it looks. That's but... fair. That sums up a lot of the Thor villains so far. Mm-hmm. I just thought that you would go with that one because you're a big Jason Aaron fan. I almost went with the Necrosword. And then the last one is the Ultimate Nullifier. Ah, I should have guessed that. I almost threw Ultimate Nullifier on the list, but I don't know what it does other than nullify. Yeah, fair enough. Do you want to explain it real fast or do you want me to... Go for it. Okay. What do besides nullify? The Ultimate Nullifier is a the one weapon that can stop Galactus. When Galactus is... And this is the original Here Comes Galactus trilogy from Fantastic Four. You know, Jack Kirby goes, what's up? What should I draw for next issue? And Stanley goes, I don't know. Why don't they meet God? And this is what fucking comes out of it. Galactus comes to eat the planet. Uatu the Watcher shows himself for the first time, reveals that he has fallen in love with this planet and cannot allow it to be destroyed, and gives Reed Richards, and I'm wildly summing up a three-issue block, the ultimate nullifier, which is a weapon that can destroy anything. But it will also destroy the person who shot it. So it is mutually assured destruction on comic book form. So you gotta be really willing to uh, Uh use it. Uh, And Reed Richards gets Galactus to leave and promise to never return in return for giving him the ultimate nullifier because at the time it was the only thing that could possibly harm Galactus. Oh, dope. And because it was Stan Lee, Galactus was a man of his word until they found ways to work around to that. But, you know, that's a Stan Lee classic. Awesome. I liked your list. Yeah, that's a good one. Been carrying it around for like three months now. I don't know what to like. I'm like, oh, I guess I don't need this paper anymore. Are you going to do another one for next season? I might actually. This was kind of fun. <laughs> Speaking of kind of fun, first off, shunting in all that new information worked. We're on to the last little thing for our landing gear to work. We'll be able to set down on the moon pretty shortly here. The last thing that we had missed, Lawgiver, Muramasa Blade, Shanhara, all famous named weapons. Named weapons is just one of those tropes that goes on and on and on through real life and all sorts of fucking media. I had so much fun looking up this shit. This whole thing is I am going to give you the weapon. If you can, tell me who wields it or possibly what universe it's from. Okay, so is this fiction or real life or bits of both? This is across the board. Cool. This isn't going to be just comics. There's going to be literature. Awesome. I'm into it. I just wanted to make sure my brain's in the right spot. But I am going to be right up front with this. The whole idea for this was that I it's going to be a, a kind of a quick do you know it or not because I have 22 of these oh, wow. that I intentionally chose so that you guys couldn't remember them all so we can possibly reuse some of these in future and seasons. And we are easily in our longest episode ever already. That's yeah, uh, fine. <laughs> I think you could, uh, this is going to be fun though. Uh, some of these are super gimmies. Some of these I do not expect you guys to know at all. It's just kind of fun to look it up and see what happens. So, Glamdring. No. No. Uh, I want to say Lord of the Rings, but I don't. Yes. Gandalf's sword. Ah, goddammit. Originally wielded by Turgon in the First Age. Excalibur. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Excalibur, the holy sword. Not sword in the stone is the important part of that. There you go. Thank you. Wait, I did not know that. It is not. He loses the sword in the stone, and the Lady in the Lake gives him Excalibur. Oh, interesting. Wielded by King Arthur. You guys didn't actually say that out loud. Oh, right. Sorry. Zangetsu. No. I don't know it, but it sounds familiar. That is uh, Ichigo Kurosaki's Zanpakuto from Bleach. Zanpakuto being a a soul-cutting sword. I picked up the first few volumes that, again, I was reading it, and I was enjoying it, and I got super distracted. Hi, I'm Zach. Um. Technically, Zangetsu is the name of the sword spirit. It gets really complicated. That's I could his go into big that, fucking but... sword, right? That yeah. That is later not so big fucking sword when yes. he learns how to use it? Okay. Willow Branch and Young Willow. No. It's familiar, but no. 
Usagi Yojimbo. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I saw the new cartoon of it. How is it? Eh. I like the animation. It's it fucking looks weird. interesting. I haven't watched it. I the fight the scenes are not very good, and that's uh, the disappointing thing. Mm. The Damascus Blade. Not a blade made from Damascus steel. The Damascus Blade. I'm going to say Sean Connery's character from Highlander, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. I feel like it's a fucking Lord of the Rings thing, but I'm wrong. Both wrong. It's the sword Alita gets in Battle Angel Alita. Oh, God fucking... I've been reading that. Stormbringer. Oh, uh, it's Thor's uh, hammer. No, right? no, it is uh, Better Ray Bill's hammer. No. Well, ooh, is that also named Stormbringer? Yes. No, that's Stormbreaker. That's Stormbreaker. God oh. damn it. Stormbringer. Wielded by Elric of... I've never actually said this out loud. Oh, Mel- Michael Moorcock character. Yeah. From the Elric saga. It's the idea uh-huh. of there's an eternal hero that's like regenerated through... T- it's in sword and sorcery fantasy stuff. Cool. I've never read it. Sounds dope. Dawn. Nope. From Buffy? No, that's a human. <laughs> well, actually... Not, I have not wielded... A human, <laughs> not a human, but not, not a human. I don't know. Is that the sister? I'm pretty sure. No. Uh, Dawn is the meteorite iron greatsword wielded by the head of House Dane, who is currently Sir Arthur Dane in the Song of Ice and Fire series. Oh, that's why I don't care. I mean, um... Sorry, Game of Thrones fans. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Staff. That is uh, Harry Dresden's grandfather's staff in the Dresden Files. It is an evil staff. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think... Ebenezer's. There you go. Twinkle. Little star. I... Usually, Literally, I just think peace. So, like, usually I got nothing, dual wielded with another scimitar named Icing Death. Oh, it's fucking Dristoward and Sword. <laughs> yes. God, I was such a nerd in high school. I mean, I am still now, but that's where I know that one from. Gungnir. That is Odin's spear. Yes. When you throw it, it comes back to you. Yes. The uh, Green Dragon Crescent Blade. Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. No. It's also known as the Fair Frost Blade. I got nothing on this one. Why not? It is uh, Guan Yu's legendary Guan Dao from Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Oh, yeah. I don't... I've, I've fucked around a little bit with Romance of the Three Kingdoms, but not enough to... Durandal. Familiar, but I don't know it. Don't. No. Uh, wielded by Roland, a paladin of Charlemagne, the Song of Roland, Realized. also known as Orlando in uh, Italy. This is not my cup of tea of fortes. Heard it, but heard of it, but I don't know anything. It is a sister blade to its other counterparts, Cortana and Joyu. Cortana is where Cortana in Halo gets its name, because Bungie really likes to reference Durandal, Joyu, and Cortana. And uh, Joyu was wielded by Charlemagne. Big sword and sorcery stuff, but not one that is ever as big in America. Like, I mean, it, 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 but it's not Conan in America. Mr. Sako. I definitely have heard it. I'm going to be mad at you when you tell me who it is. Yes, you are. Mr. So- Sako? Yes. I... Literally, no the only time... The only Sako I can think of is when um, fucking the ventriloquist lost Scarface, so he just put on a sock puppet and was... Is that what you're talking about? Nope. Okay, thank God. No, um, in fact, you're going to be even more mad. Oh, God. That is wielded by Mankind, better or known by his real name as Mick Foley... From the WWE Attitude Era. I never would have known. <laughs> I knew Mick Foley was an interesting dude, but he had a sock puppet gimmick for a while. It was he would pull out. Oh, do they do this? Mr. Socko, and he would apply his finishing move, the mandible claw. Mick Foley's a weird dude. 
He's on an episode of uh, 30 Rock, right? I think so. In, like, so. Jenna's, like, celebrity entourage. I never watched enough of 30 Rock to confirm this for sure. That does sound vaguely familiar in a and way I that I did not recognize. He I is the older. I think he... Um, uh, that I know. Oh, dope. That, oh, dope. Oh, dope. That's great. <laughs> I love that. As a reference to the fact that him and The Rock had a giant feud and then became tag team partners for a bit with a Rock and Sock connection. <laughs> Sunder and its counterpart, Wraithguard. Sounds like some D&D horseshit. Pretty close. Those are uh, legendary weapons from the Elder Scroll Three Morrowind. Ah, the one I played the... No, not the least. I played Oblivion the least. They're required to actually finish the main quest. Oh, so cool. Never did of, that. Yeah. And, with, of course, would be then wielded by the player character, who is officially known as the Nerevarine. Cool. Vampire Killer. Helsing? I don't know. Vampire Hunter Deezblade? Blood? It is the iconic whip of the Belmont clan from the Castle. I was watching series. that yesterday. Yeah, I know. Right over my head. Side note, finally finishing that series is pretty fucking nice. good. Ebony and Ivory. I'm glaring at you, but they can't see it. I don't know. They are Dante's Guns and the Devil May Cry series. Oh, God, no wonder. <laughs> I haven't played that game since I was like 16. <laughs> no Thung. Also possibly known as Glam or Balmung. I have two possible guesses. Give it to me. One is Beowulf. Close. The other is the Ring Saga. Yeah, the there you cycle. go. But I don't know who... Uh, Nothung is Siegfried's sword oh, in Daring des Nibelungen. It is also the name of Billy's sword in Adventure Time. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it is the an opera adaptation of Old Norse legends and was a major inspiration for Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The Master Sword. Link Link and sword. Zelda. Like, I actually doubted myself with how straightforward that one was. <laughs> the Dragon Slayer. There's so many things that a Dragon Slayer could come from. Is um, it from Dragon Slayer? No. I don't know. My partner's name is from uh, the movie Dragon Slayer. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, the Dragon Slayer is Guts's sword and Berzer. Oh, I wasn't going to get that. Django. Unchained. No. I know. Um, no idea. Naruto? No. No. Django is the name of the Gatling gun wielded by Django in the movie Django. But not Django Unchained. Not Django Unchained. The original Django. Okay. The Good Samaritan. Ooh, I do know... Where the fuck do I know that one from? Mm, I don't know. It's not a Trigun thing, is it? No. No. It's... Ooh, there is something called, like, the Samaritan, I think, though, in Trigun. I don't... Uh, Hellboy. Oh, Oh, God. Damn it. Damn. When I think of Hellboy weapons, I think of the right red right hand of doom, but... The Peacemaker. P-I-E-C-E. Maker. I think it's a pistol, but I don't know. I'm not certain. That is Sergeant Detritus's crossbow. Oh, I was close! Oh. <laughs> I've listened to the audiobook, so I didn't... It's a uh, siege crossbow that he adapted to, instead of firing one giant bar, fires a hundred small arrows that have all been, like strapped together and it has a tendency to take out doors and walls and set fire to things because of the amount of force that like blasts through it that sounds fucking cool oh my god oh i love to try this so much and despite the tone of my voice when i brought it up i just realized that that was actually the end of my list so (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a good one 
We what I said about Mr. Safety Catch. Yeah. What's a safety catch? Let's just put the gun down, Detritus. We made it. Yay! We made it. it. We're here. We're on Boots the moon. on the moon. We're sailors on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go try and find out if the moon landing actually happened or not, or if they stage it after the Oh, fact. don't be that guy. Um, <laughs> because I mostly just want to go try and uh, compare foot sizes with Neil Armstrong. Here's... I can save you the trip. They staged it, but Kubrick was so much of a perfectionist, they staged it on the moon. Okay, cool. Then I just want to... S- <laughs> I want to see where Kubrick made that. That sounds fun. We're going to take some time off, hop around on the moon, because I've always wanted to do that. No, it, since I was a little boy. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some golf. That sounds fun. I'm going to try, try and hit it to Earth if I can. I don't think you made a Red Dwarf reference right there, but I did think of a Red Dwarf scene. I'm going to see if Sergeant Ali from Space Force is still hanging out here because Tawny Newsome is awesome. <laughs> but we do have our next trip planned. We've made it to space, so let's go farther. That's right. We're going to head out towards Mars, right? Towards Mars. Utopia Planitia. What? what where, why are we going there, Zach? Well, Utopia Planitia is the Federation's premier starship building like construction yards. So we're going to go look at some uh, spaceships next season. Ooh, spaceships. Well, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> That's it for today, folks. We're not actually taking off yet. We'll do that next time. But we're taking off from recording this. Yeah. I just want to make that clear, because we're taking off. Could be we're leaving. But, you know, the moon. Oh, shit. That's... I forgot the Justice League is here, too. I'm going to go try and find fucking Green Lantern. Oh, I'm going to go totally steal Green Arrows, uh, Boxing Glove Arrows. Ooh, Boxing... <sighs> boxing glove arrows that would have been a good one too i had that exact thought the moment I said it. <laughs> before we go we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows over at earvroom.com that is e-a-r-v-v-y-r-m.com other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes as always we want to give a special thanks to our editor Stephen gady and to ian ford for our theme song tracks until next time i'm tyler i'm zach up up and away 